Hello, and welcome to On the Road. I'm Christian Tayar. I recently got to meet up with an old friend of mine that I used to work with when I was living in Vegas. Kevin Jacks is the kind of guy whose personality just lights up a room. Spirits lift when he shows up, and I think it comes across really well in this conversation. Uh, but don't take my word for it. Uh, please decide for yourself. And here's Kevin Jacks. in the country of the United States of America. What city were you born in? I take that back. I don't want to ask that question. What city are you from? Because it doesn't necessarily mean where you're born. It's Newport, yeah. Kentucky. Were you born there, too? Yeah. Uh, I guess now it's... Uh, you don't know? Probably Covington, if I had to guess. Were you kind of... Were they moving around a lot when you were younger? Your folks, I mean? I don't really know. Um, I think my dad was from, like, Indiana. I don't know where my mom's from. I, I really don't know a whole lot. Do you, are you not in contact with your parents? I just... I mean, my dad's dead already. My mom... I just kind of started talking to her, but... Really? Us as a family, we're not very good at, like, talking to people. Oh, I see, I didn't know this. I didn't know any of this. Yeah. Uh, maybe we talked about it, and I forgot. I don't know, but... It's all good. It's all good. Wow. Um, well, then, were they around when you were younger, yeah. when you were a child? Like, yeah. you have memories of them, and you have, like, a foundation of some kind? You know, that's the funny thing, is I was on the computer a lot, so... Um, I spent some time with them before, mm-hmm. you know, I hit my teens, but after that, it was basically... Doing your thing. Yeah. Okay. And you stayed there for some time, right? How long were you at home? At home meaning Kentucky, not in, in the parents' home. But. I left Kentucky for Vegas, uh, I want to say around 2009. Uh, so how old are you then? I was about 19, 18, 19. So yeah, so fresh, as soon as you can, yeah. you're gone. Yeah. Well, tell me, if you don't mind, tell me a little bit about what it's like growing up in Kentucky for you. I'm sure it's different for everybody, but what was your experience there? Well, I mean, we didn't have a lot of, compared to here, I didn't know it growing up, but we didn't have a lot of individuals, you know, we had a graduating class like 96. Oh, wow. So I think that's small in comparison. Yeah, it's real small, yeah. Uh, I was a fat kid, so, you know, had the fat kid growing up thing. And in, a, in my senior year, I transitioned from, I transitioned from the more weaker role of a, you know, and I'm using air quotes so you can't see it in the recording, but <laughs> <laughs> the bullet. No, I appreciate that. That's important. <laughs> but then I discovered the wonders of 4chan and how, you know, how to be <laughs> The Wonders of 4chan. <laughs> edgy and offensive and all these things. So when I after summer break I came back from my senior year, I really had something I didn't know then, but it was the a seedling of confidence. Walk me through that. How do you gain confidence through the wonders of 4chan? Uh, <laughs> that's not like, I'm not like, that's not a loaded question. I'm not familiar enough with 4chan to know what they offer besides uh, porn and racism. <laughs> like, I know there's more there, but I don't know. Well, you know, I don't really remember the porn part. Uh, oh, it's there. <laughs> <laughs> I promise. But uh, yeah, just a lot of, just a lot of, just for no reason, and I think that was what's so wonderful about it. Someone would make, they would make an opinion, or they would make a point, or they would drop a fact, you know, mm-hmm. basically say or question anything. And you might have these pockets of people who wanted to open a discussion. But by and large, you just had the sea of individuals who were just like, you double N word, <laughs> six letter F word, right. S and D and LMFP. <laughs> <laughs> All the wonderful fruit flavors. Yeah. <laughs> just, I guess, I mean, so you're in the middle of that storm of just negativity. Where, and I, I don't, I know that 
in the recording we haven't like discovered you yet, but you're not that guy. You're not like an aggressive dude. Like so, where were you finding confidence in this storm of negativity online? Because uh, I understand the sense of like a community of people like bringing up topics and wanting to hash it out. But how do you sift through the bullshit and find something good there? You don't. You just uh, you find out that the that the bullcrap is not actually bullcrap. It's like this treasure and you just kind of have to polish it and ignore the certain corners and then focus on you know the shiny parts so you're looking at it as a whole yeah you're like this is all it's a a big beautiful thing and there's not like uh except for cp it's not i don't feel it's something to be really mediated cp uh cheese pizza uh child insert word here and that's thank you yeah no pizza. No, no pizza. We, no one, none of us advocate for the pizza. But, no, nobody. But that aside, I mean, really. Forgive me, is that rampant on 4chan? Is that a thing that happens a lot? Out, I don't really know enough. I think it would show up like once a month. I would, I would see the thumbnail, you know, and then... Growing up, you saw it once a month? On, well, yeah. I mean, you would see... Because it's an image board, so you, you're scrolling. Right, but I just mean that frequent on, a, on such a popular website. I'm surprised that there wasn't... I mean, a shutdown of some kind. I know that they're dealing with that. Like now, like they're talking about. Yeah. Uh, maybe not Fortune. Maybe H N. But it's the same dude that made it. Yeah, I think. H I don't know. But I, I know that they talk happened. about it, and um, I just, it blows my mind to think. I didn't realize it was that old till you told me, and I also didn't realize it was that frequent of a problem. Yeah. Well, I remember being like, probably my my preteens, and I would try to go to Fortune, and I didn't understand how to get in. There was a sidebar back then, and you actually had to go to the sidebar, scroll down, and then hit agree to all their their stuff. Right. But because I was so young and I was so, you know, un- inexperienced, I just kind of got irritated and left. Okay. And then years later, I actually found out <laughs> to scroll down and click the button. Okay. So you weren't in it when it was, um, until you were older, I guess. Yeah. Like, guess. you knew it was there, but you weren't, like, participating until, I guess, what age did you figure out how to accept the terms? <laughs> <laughs> That's deep, brother. Yeah. <laughs> That's deep. Thank you. Uh, I don't know. I, I could probably guess. Maybe 15, 16. So before you moved. Seven, I don't know. This is Kentucky time. You're on action. <laughs> yeah, Kentucky time. As you can tell, I haven't really thought about my childhood a lot. <laughs> I know. I'm throwing a lot at you. It's I apologize. Fuzzy. That's cool. We can That's totally cool. go anywhere. I just, uh, I'm very interested in, in hearing about it. Because I only know you as an adult. So it's... I'll allow it. Thank you. <laughs> I appreciate it. Um, yeah, so to, to go, to try to go back to your question... There, I, I think that there's a great, in real life, people are so concerned, especially when they're in their formative years, when they're growing up and they're in, they're in school, uh, they're concerned about their identity, they're concerned about, you know, if there's any kind of physical issues that you might have, that stuff's going to come out right away, because, you know, the darndest things, children will say them. Um, but on the internet, by itself, not even going into 4chan, you can create your own identity. Yeah. You're really, everything is stripped away. If, if you're uh, you know, a beautiful young woman, you don't have to worry about that being in the way of, of someone finding your personality. If you're a fat kid, you don't have to worry about that covering up you know, your personality. If you're rich, so on and so on. So I think that that by itself, being on the internet, was so, uh, so attractive to, to people like myself. But to get on 4chan and, and to see that you know, it's a free-for-all, it, and no one's immune to it. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you are, you know, fat or rich or you're pretty. Yeah. You will get attacked. 
So that's the beauty you see, the great equalizer. Yes. That we're all we're all uh, we're all going to be hit by the same storms, uh, regardless of yeah. where you come from or what you look like. Or and forget you know affirmative action and and women's suffrage and things like that. I mean that is equality. <laughs> so I uh, very recently uh, I've discovered about myself that, and I'm sure it's different for everybody, but for me, um, a perspective change helps me get over problems that I might be dealing with as opposed to the acceptance and moving on because that's what they say you know just accept it and, and, and try to take a step forward that's what they're day saying by day well just generally that's a, that's the general advice is you know take it day by day try to get through the end of the night and then you'll get over <laughs> whatever your problems may be that but, um, and I found that perspective change helps if I don't try to pretend that the problem isn't there or try to force myself to deal with it if I can just look at it slightly differently a situation the example I'm going to use is you on 4chan so alright uh, you know as opposed to, if we're all after equality, as opposed to eliminating hardship, you're saying, look, hardship is going to face all of us equally uh, at the end of the day. Once you strip the veils, like we're all going to get ridiculed, or we're all going to have people on our side, um, you're going to take your turn. Everybody gets their lumps. Is how, I'm, <laughs> is how I'm hearing what you're saying. Does that kind of I, represent know, what you mean, or am I extrapolating too far? I've never thought of it that way, but it's, it sounds pretty cool the way you put it. I just love that. I do, because it is like... We all are after the same thing generally. We don't want people to be harmed, and we don't want ridicule. And there's the big anti-bullying thing, which is huge right now. Yeah. And with the internet, obviously, uh, it does open the door. And the first thing I think a lot of people think of is like, oh, well, you're faceless, so you're, you have the courage, you know what I mean? Blind courage to be an asshole because nobody <laughs> can track you down. But if I change my perspective and just look at it and be like, well, no, this is a chance for everybody to feel that. In fact, we were talking about earlier about experience and language. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of people who've never been on the receiving end of a mean comment. Yeah. And the internet does equalize that. <laughs> Everybody is equally hated. Oh, it does. I yeah. went on a rant there, I'm sorry, but I do think it's, nobody's talked to me about it in, from that point of view, and I think it's beautiful. Rants are welcome here. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> well, it's yours, it's yours. It should be about you. I shouldn't run off, but... No, um, I, you know, talk about... Five seconds ago, going to perspective. Uh, if you hadn't have gone off on that rant, I never would have had that, that perspective of. So yeah, I, I think I, I find these rants, I find these these deviations to be absolutely necessary. Okay, <laughs> well that makes me feel uh, right at home. Okay. Uh, you're eighteen or nineteen, and then you come to Vegas. What brought you to Vegas? Two girls on the internet. On fortune? No. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> no. Uh, <laughs> I don't remember where I met. Two girls. Yeah, I met the one somewhere. Fucking uh, just playing. Just playing the field. Probably just, I don't know, on a game or on a... I don't know what. It's been so long. But then I found out that she was in a relationship with a female. And uh, so I got to know the other one. And... Deuces. <laughs> <laughs> on to the next one. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, well, you know, I'm growing up. I don't know that this is weird. <laughs> It's not that. Which which part is weird? There's probably a lot of weird going on. But which part do you mean? The uh, the the three relationship thing. I guess that's not weird for Mormons. Oh, so she was. You were actively in an online relationship with someone who was in a relationship already. Correct. Gotcha. I thought you were just talking. I thought you guys were friendly, and then you came. I didn't realize that this was. No, uh, I, I. I mean, I don't remember exactly the order of everything, but we. The, first individual I became in a relationship with her mm -hmm. and found out she was in a relationship with someone else and, and didn't so tell you it just it was fucked up <laughs> it's fucked up another another like 
evil uh, gremlin of the internet. It's like the ability to, you can create that persona, but then you can also eliminate very big yeah. parts of your life, you know? It's, yeah, true. No, I, I don't think it was like that. It was just, you know, we hadn't gotten there yet. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Um, but yeah, and then long story, you know, we spent time and they were living in Vegas. So mm-hmm. uh, I had a job at the time. My mother and my brother had a job at the time. They had both lost their jobs. I was about to lose my job. I got laid off. I was saving money. I had like, I don't know, $1,200, $1,100. And I said, all right, well, no one in the house has a job. See you later. Yeah. So I went to Vegas. That's awesome, man. That's <laughs> the way to do it. Yeah. What happened to second girl? Uh, she's just still there. So when I came to Vegas, uh, I was paying for very little money to stay in a studio apartment with this nice gentleman. I think his name was Vinny or Vince. Did you find him when you got here, or you had that plans en route? Uh, the second individual part of the relationship, the second gal, uh, she was helping me along to find a place off, off of Craigslist without even being there. So I had already lined it up with him, and he said, That's well, awesome. I'm not going to hold it for you, but if you, if you show up on the day that you say, with the cash that you say you'll have, then the room's yours. That sounds fair, man. Yeah, so, so yeah, living there and kind of couch surfing at the gals' places. Not always with their parents' knowledge. Yeah. I don't know. That's that's basically it. And then, I guess, didn't work out there. Got a job. They left. I kept the apartment. I got a roommate. He left. Met the woman of my dreams, and here we are. And you guys have been living together. Why well, shouldn't say living together. You guys have been together for how many years now? At least since 2013. So that's... Coming up on seven years, nine is common law, isn't it? You're almost married. Gosh, I don't know. I don't know the law. I think it is nine. I could be wrong. But that's awesome, man. And she was at... Um... Yeah, originally, I guess when it was... Oh, maybe I shouldn't say the name when coming. At your work. Yeah, I'll cut that out. <laughs> Met her at work. And then, uh, is it was it her place? You guys got the place together that you're at. It was a relative's place, wasn't it? Yeah, uh, the house belonged to her sister. Mm-hmm. Um, so when her sister died, we just continued to maintain the house. Nice. Where else have you been? I think that you told me you you made a stop before Vegas, or did I make that up? Um, or on the way to, maybe? or. Well, nothing really w- worth mentioning. I think we went to Tennessee one time when I was growing that's up. That's what it was, yeah. Um... But, you know, I was a kid, and I, I really wouldn't... My mind wasn't in there. My mm-hmm. mom wanted to go uh, ride in a, a race car. Okay. She, I, like, off-road or, like, to a track? On a track. My dad... I think it was, like, $200. She got to sit in the passenger seat, and a race car driver would drive as fast as he could, yeah. and then take the turn, and she said, every time, it looked like they're going to drive through the wall, and then he would turn. <laughs> <laughs> How fast did it go? I don't know. Over 100 miles, for sure. That's gnarly, man. Yeah. My grandpa did that. He went and did a... a well, he went to Florida. I don't know what he was there for. Maybe work or vacation or something. But then one of the things they did, I think it was his birthday, and it happened to be that he was there. So he did go to, um, what's that big speedway there in Florida? Is it Talladega? Did I make that up? I don't know. Uh, he went on a big race track, like a NASCAR track, and he got to, I don't know what he paid, uh, but he got to race in the car. Not race, but you know, get to drive the car himself. It was yeah. a big experience. And that's cool. Oh, man. I couldn't do it, I don't think. I think I would, like, go 50. 
<laughs> if somebody gave me the keys to a race car, I'd just like I take, it, I'd be like, I don't, I can't afford to pay for this, <laughs> this wreck. <laughs> really, <laughs> this barrel roll that is about to ensue. It's true, man. I would say like, like I need the insurance. Like uh, I'm not a great driver in general. I'm more of a cruiser. Like <laughs> I just want to get for it to where I'm going. That lust for speed was not for me. Speaking of uh, cruising and lust for speed, have you ever uh, skateboarded before? When I was yeah, the skateboards never figured out how to ride me. I had a skateboard. <laughs> I had a skateboard when I was a kid. My dad, he was big on. He was a big X Games guy, you know, and uh, he used to race motocross professionally. And so really? Like, yeah, there was always bikes and boards and and um, anything with a motor really at our house all the time. Uh, but I could never get skateboards down. I tried a lot, but uh, never got it down. Why? Well, I just bought one for twenty five dollars from Craigslist because. I figured there's there's no earthly reason why not. There so. certainly is. Uh, <laughs> I tell you, buddy, they're gnarly. I don't think I've ever stood on one for more than 30 seconds. Really? But that's me. I'm very uncoordinated. Have you ever been on a skateboard? Uh, a couple times. And it was, uh, it was, what's the word for frightening but two levels up? Uh, skateboarding. <laughs> yeah, I think but skateboarding you know. is the name for fear. <laughs> um... I recently started reading books. Uh, I'm going to ask you to uh, just go back one step. I recently started reading dot, dot, dot books. Because you're a reader. You're a well-read dude. Like, you read online, though. Yeah. Right? Well, like, I mean, you're always giving me current events and topics and, 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 and science know-how that I had no idea was happening. You were just telling me about the... Um, the Wi-Fi thing. I don't think it was recording at the time, but tell me again, just one sentence, what that is. The Wi-Fi does, they're uh, like tracking people within the home from the signal of the, of the internet. Yeah, and I apologize if, you know, if anyone's going to look this up and find out, but the, the general idea is there. Oh, I'm not doing, house. <laughs> that's, that's on the listener to decide whether or not this is true. I just, <laughs> looks this up is something heart. I heard. Yeah. Um, yeah, in short, it's, I recently read something that is kind of like a security exploit where instead of, instead of if you're a nefarious individual, instead of going to the person's laptop or their computer and p- plugging in a flash drive and having some kind of malicious code running in the background, uh, logging every single keyboard event so you can get a password, I guess there's some way that they found out, researchers have found out, that they can analyze the Wi-Fi waves and from what is bouncing off of or whatever, they can predict very accurately what keys a person is pressing on a keyboard, among other things. That was just the thing that stuck out in my mind. Yeah, I mean, if they can get that, they can get more, for sure. Or they're yeah. on their way, too. Yeah. Like, what? at what At what point is it... I don't want to get too far off this. I want to talk more about you learning how to read, but... <laughs> <laughs> but right there. Like, they could, in theory, put that in a place on public Wi-Fi, right? And then get a, a something of a track on Absolutely. everybody in the building. Like I a, mean, you're a Batman fan. What, how about uh, The Dark Knight? Remember sure. The, where everyone's phone was yeah. plugged in and he had a bat sonar? Same thing. I mean, breaking moral ethics. To the yeah. <laughs> it was a, a, a Dark Knight 2 Patriot Act, <laughs> as I recall. <laughs> um, but you went and started reading. Uh, elaborate on that. What do you mean you started uh, reading books? I mean, spending as much time online as, as I have over mm-hmm. the years, you're bound to read, you're bound to pick up something, even if you're not yep. looking for it. Um, but yeah, I, I try to I try to be, I try to read into the stuff that I, I find interesting, but 
I really dropped off the whole reading books, like having something in your hand and reading it for a long amount of time. I mean, everyone can hop, hop on, you know, some random BuzzFeed or Cracked or whatever sure. and, and read an article. And it, it's, <laughs> it's so common knowledge that our attention span isn't really there that they'll actually have the amount of time calculated three minutes. Yes, and I hate that I have a line. <laughs> like I, I, I look at that and I look at the number. I go, I'm not gonna read this. I, like, <laughs> and I, I hate myself for it. But you're right. Yeah. That's like something that I didn't think about. But that is on every article now. Yeah. We have the estimated read time. Yeah, it's. I mean, we have a mindset that I've read the headline. I don't need to read the content. Yeah. But I've. I wish I could remember. I think it was like a New Year's, not really a New Year's resolution, but I think it was like a New Year's resolution. By the end of this year, I'm gonna become a reader. Mm. I just thought it was a thing to do. If I wanted to be a man, I own a gun. You own a house. You have a you know a wife or whatever your idea. But you have to read a you have to read books. I keep doing this to you. I keep cutting you off. If you want to be a man, <laughs> you have to have a gun. You do. Just wanted to say it one more time. <laughs> <All right. laughs> okay. You don't have a gun. You have to be on your way to get a gun. Otherwise, real men have cutlass. They just walk around with the blade in there. Yeah, and you drive a cutlass. That's right. <laughs> Let's not be silly about this. No, no, you have to double down. <laughs> it's required. They won't give you the keys if you don't walk in with some kind of no, <laughs> some I'm... kind of pirate sword. <laughs> Barney Fife had one bullet. Right. Yeah. Find a bare minimum and get there. <laughs> Start there. But, okay, um, I had to, I had to please go there. Um, you wanted to by the end of the year become a reader. And yeah. what does that mean to you to be a reader? Is it a number of books that you finish, or is it one book in particular, or is it just enjoying? Going to a, a, a bookshelf? or At that time for me, I, I feel like a bare minimum there was always be in the middle of a book. Okay, that's a great place to be, yeah. In progress. Don't, don't be in the middle of a book in June 2nd and then July 7th you haven't read any of it. That doesn't count. But always be in the middle of a book I think is a good goal. That's a great goal. Have you, do you have, um, do you have a smartphone? A smartphone? Yeah. I have at least one. Okay. All right. Just, I wasn't sure. <laughs> uh, there's an app called Goodreads, which is really cool. It's like, um, I don't want, I, I hesitate to call it social media because you can use it that way, but it is just uh, a list of recommendations for books. So you go and rate the books so that you've read. It's lurker media or lurker. <laughs> Talk about, so social media, but lurker friendly. Yeah, I mean, okay. like, you can, if you wanted to, you could, to, like, I have it linked to my Facebook, so anybody on Facebook who has the app, I can see what they're reading, and they can see what I'm reading, and we can share books if we want. Do you find that's, that's, uh, do you find that's something that you enjoy, that you can share and read from other people's? I enjoy parts of it. Uh, again, I don't use it, and I don't think many people do, use it to communicate so much as it is just to discover. Um, but yeah, I've, I, I've uh, enjoyed seeing what especially if it's somebody that I know or respect their taste you know what I mean like if I know oh I've, I know that I enjoy the books that they read or oh, I like right. the stuff that they like and if I am looking you know although also one of the options on the app is to have a list of books to read too so that's nice I can just flip through my list and make oh that's right I was into this oh, yeah. a year ago I forgot about it I can see if the library has it or whatever that's cool but um, yeah sometimes if I am looking for something uh, I'll just click on somebody whose opinion I respect or tastes I, I link with and just look at their books that they've read and what they rated them. That saves so much time. It saves must. a lot of time, yeah. <laughs> uh, it's really cool. Uh, I'm a pretty slow reader, so it's like never been too hard to find a book because I'm, I'm looking or I'm interested in things faster than I'm actually yeah. consuming them. 
But yeah, I highly recommend Goodreads. It's free. It's it's pretty Goodreads. cool. Goodreads. Interested in things faster than. Uh, yeah, that's a struggle. Yeah. I mean, having having more interests than one can possibly catch up with. Yeah. It's a uh, it's a in the great words of Detective Monk, it's a gift. <laughs> Detective <and a> <laughs> Monk. His title. <laughs> <laughs> Government issue detective, <laughs> PI monk. <laughs> How many titles could I give him? I wonder. <laughs> Good golly. What are you reading right now? Actually, let me take it back a second. What was the thing that you read? The first thing that you were excited to read after you gave yourself this, like you know what New Year's resolution? I'm going to be a reader. What's the first thing you picked up that you were excited to, to kind of jump on? It was a book that I found, in a secondhand store called. House of Bargains on Sahara. It was called What They Don't Teach You at Harvard Business School by Mark H. McCormack. Um, and it was about just that. It was about about business. I mean, it's, this book was written maybe in the 80s or the 70s. It was an older book. Mm. And and Mark H. McCormack, he's the president or some kind of high-ranking individual in a, in a company called IMG. And I don't care anything about sports. There are a lot of sports analogies and stories and the book, the main point of the book was uh, being successful, making good deals, surviving in a business world, making a company that, that succeeded and went forward and didn't just stagnate and things like that. And working in a corporate office type environment, a lot of it resonated with me. And a, a big thing, some, some critics of the book might say that he seemed like a pompous, overly... The author? Yeah. I mean, he, <laughs> he talks about himself a lot in the book and he, he really... He doesn't have too many bad things to say about himself, but that aside, <laughs> okay. That aside, it, the way that he talks about his himself and his own journey and and executives having certain kind of personality deficiencies, it really made me think that it was possible for anyone to be an executive because if an executive can be an idiot. And if I'm an idiot, I could be an executive. <laughs> and there's that perspective. Like, you can get to the end of that book and be like, what a bunch of fucking garble. But it's, <laughs> you looked at it and read the voice of the narrator <laughs> more than the content. Uh, that's not what you said, but I'm, I'm just inferring. And it sounds like you took, uh, the things that you took out of that read weren't what he put on the page. I don't know okay. if that's true or not. Does that sound right? Like, I'm just, you said that, like, the way he's acting as, as pompous <laughs> and putting out all these wonderful things about me, 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 exclamation point. <laughs> and you're like, well, if this fucking guy can do it. <laughs> you know, and I never noticed that about him, but, you know, you, you give books to people, and that's yeah. what I got back. So you, you look at the book again with a different kind of shades on Oh, totally. But, yeah, that's what I, that was my first book, reading as an adult. I, I stopped reading when I was in junior high, so, um, Yeah. I'm glad that I was able to remember that to answer your question. Yeah. <laughs> is there... What, are you enjoying it? The, the being a reader? Um, I equate it to having a vehicle. If you grow up never having a vehicle and never want a vehicle and then you get a vehicle, you can't go back, in my opinion. And I feel the same way about books. I, I feel like everyone should have a vehicle. Everyone should have a book. Everyone should be reading. I, I think it's a crime that they're not. That's cool, man. I like that a lot. <laughs> no, it's really cool. Everybody should have a vehicle, man. Yeah. It is a vehicle. It's an escape. It's, it's really, and I've heard people talk about this uh, before I got a car, and it's, I think it's easy to disregard things you don't have or know about, but it is a lot of freedom. Even if, if you're homeless, you can sleep in your car. I mean, if you want to boil it down to that. Yeah. But just being able to... Wow, to... you know what? Let me, let me 
let that marinate for a minute because that's pretty deep. As someone who slept in a car, uh, to think I've also slept in a book. You know what I mean? I've been <laughs> no, like truly, I've been homeless in a home. Like Let's you know, like not that, feeling man. comfortable. I'm like, let me just get away from this for a minute and flip to a page. That's really beautiful. Okay, tell me about that, man. Where where did that come from? What do you mean? You said uh, sleeping in a book. You know. Just what you said, just like how it's a car. If you, you said if you're homeless, you can sleep in your car, and you equated the book to a car, and it is very much like that sometimes when you're surrounded, you know, you know whatever your life may be, yeah. by things you don't like. And it is different than watching a movie or listening to an album. Absolutely. It's, and let's not say that it's better or worse, but the, stimu- the, the stimulation that your mind goes through, it's a different experience. And because so much is required of you when reading a book, like for you to project what you're reading and what you're experiencing and what you think is happening to these characters or people, it does kind of build a cocoon around you, you know, if you want it to, if you let it. Um, And I think, obviously, the book has to speak to you. You can't just read, I can't read the newspaper and be taken (laughs) off like to Agrabah on a magic carpet. But like if, uh, (laughs) if I found something that really spoke to me, it'd be really easy to kind of take a trip away from whatever you're in for a moment. Absolutely, absolutely. I think people dog escapes, you know, I think they, they use the word escape as a pejorative term sometimes. Well, little Timmy plays video games and he's just escaping from reality. He should be dealing with reality or, you know, insert music album here, insert book maybe, Yeah. you know, a long time ago. I don't think they're saying that now. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but absolutely, I think that uh, if you don't step outside, you don't know what it looks like from the outside. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, I mean, just going back to what you, you said earlier, I think perspective is an amazing... I, mean, I think we could do an hour just talking about perspective. We can. We could do it. <laughs> <laughs> we have yeah. all the time in the world. Absolutely necessary. I think it's... Again, I don't know that it works for everybody, but I think that it, um, it definitely helps in a world where you can't change everything. Just got to look at it different because it's not going to go away. Yeah. Yeah. Gosh. It, Sometimes I hit a point in conversation where there are just so many. Th- it's like having it's like going up to a place, you know, a coffee shop, and yeah. they've got like the ten ten sign menu. All the options. You're not going to order a coffee. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's Netflix syndrome. It's like, damn, yeah, that's really cookie. But um, yeah, absolutely. I, I think that looking back, a lot of people would say that with with more different angles, with more different perspectives, with with, uh, with more just different people's opinions, you look at Apple. I was just hearing about Apple, and and they're their successes and their failures. Obviously, after Steve Jobs has expired, I was never a huge Apple fan, but after he expired, I think most people would agree that they haven't had the rocket leaps that they've had in innovation since. Yeah. Um, and I, I think that that's probably from a from a starvation perspective. Uh, Which is, is actually amazing that you're doing this, this re- kind of recording thing, because what else, if you, at its core... Life perspectives. Yeah, I mean, it, it very much is that. I just want to see what other people see, you know, and what yeah. they've been through. Um, that's also the difference between, like, a biography and an autobiography. Because I will read any autobiography. Because it's just, it's a fascinating to me to hear what life looks like from your point of view, like, from the inside. Uh, and it's less interesting to me, even if it's somebody that I admire. If it's somebody I really like, I'll read a biography. But I won't jump to the chance to read what somebody else thought about somebody else. That's interesting. 
I don't think I've ever uh, read either one, but I'm gonna have to keep that in mind. <laughs> you never read an autobiography? No. You should find just somebody that you admire from your youth. That's the funnest thing for me is like finding stuff from childhood, you know, like I'm a character really... that's been with me. Yeah, go ahead. I'm, I'll remember it. No, just that. Just that. It's it's just a good. It's a, it's kind of cool to somebody who's been a part of your life, and it's easy with celebrity because our generation was kind of, you know, we had the media. So. You know, TV like TV was like introduced and like everybody in America had one and that's when people started to have these I mean celebrity existed before then but you know you go to the cinema and it's a different experience and having something in your home that's there every week on a regular basis so it's fun to read those autobiographies of of people who've been in my life from a young (laughs) age because then I can see how right or wrong I was about them I can see what they were going through yeah I had a kind of a negative viewpoint on that uh, because we're accustomed to what is it they have, um, I'm trying to think, any way to explain it in a different way. You look at things from your childhood and then you find out things that ruined your childhood. Uh, I, I, I think, I know the direction you're heading. Give me an example of one that happened to you and maybe well, I can... I mean, this I think was proven false or never proven either way, but the Red Power Ranger, they said that he ended up being in some kind of erotic... Uh, Film. I don't know about that, but I tell you what, if that was true, it would not ruin my image of the Red Ranger. As no, a matter of fact, it made me respect him a little bit more. He was my least favorite of the Rangers. I thought he was kind of an asshole. Well, the haircut kind of gave it away. Yeah, yeah. What are you going to do with this guy? But, uh, yeah, I'm gonna, that's a positive way to view it. I'm going to have to keep that in mind. Yeah, man. Totally. I, not to deviate. I not guess we're supposed to deviate. We're supposed to. Um, in looking for not just a direction, because I think, anyway, in looking for... No, go ahead here. Is a, a direction of success or direction of um, some kind of progress. I've seen a lot of stuff on YouTube, and they say, do this, do that, do that, and, or this is what successful people have done, and one of the things that is recurring is, is find a mentor. And mm-hmm. you just mentioned something about someone important from a childhood, someone whose opinion you respect this and that, oh, yeah. and I just find it so hard to find... Uh, a mentor type. So, do, do you have you ever had a period in time in your life where you were actively looking for so a mentor or something like that? You might not have used that word. I've never sought out a mentor. I think I've had many people in my life I look back and would consider a mentor um, because I latched onto them. Uh, not so much that I was brought under anybody's wing. There are people in my life who I've looked up to and admired and tried to emulate their lifestyle, um, whether or not I realized it at the time. Um, I think a lot of my self-destructive habits, uh, not all of them, but a lot of them are because I admired people who were self-destructive, <laughs> you know what I mean? And it's, you know, at a young age, it's like I was around a lot of people who were, um, you know, probably not living their best life, but were having a lot of fun doing it. Yeah. And uh, it's very attractive to a young kid to, to think like, wow, I want to grow up and be that. I want to be the guy that has fun. I want to be the guy yeah. that mom and dad are excited when they roll into town. Um Wow. But, you know, they might be excited they roll into town because they don't see him because he's off throwing his fucking life away when he's not in town, you know? But wow, ain't that something? It's not always the case, but, but yeah, um, I know what you mean. I don't think I've had what you're describing, but I think I can, like, if I had to fit into that template, I've had something like that. But it's not, no, it's not somebody who's taken my hand and walking me through a path that I would continue. Is, that, is that something that you have been looking for recently or just... Overall, like you, I kind of, you know, just 
not actively searching primarily because I, I don't even know how I would, but I just kind of had my feelers out, just looking for an opportunity. Um, but I really don't know. I mean, those those who do want a mentor and then they get one, I don't know what they're looking for. I don't know what their process is. Yeah. But it's just like this, you know, it's like the American dream thing back in the day. You know that it's good. You don't know really what it looks like. You, you know you want it and it's good, but who knows what it is or how to get it. Well, I don't know about that. I feel like... Uh... If you don't know what the American dream looks like, you either already had it or you don't really want it. Because the American dream is kind of like, it's whatever you want it to be, right? It's just like opportunity. That's what I'm beginning X, to look at it now. You know, yeah. yeah, like whatever variable would fit in here. Rolling Stones. Some um, people's president. Am- yeah. Know. Some people's American dream is just having a house. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's just getting out of like an unsafe environment. Yeah. And other people is starting a company, and other people is just having the kids. Like, and starting, it can mean anything. Yeah. And it is achievable to anybody to a degree. Um, maybe not anymore. <laughs> not like <laughs> as many people in as they used to. But, yeah. but the American dream is, um, I think it is still alive. I don't know how well it is, but it is still alive, and I do see it happen. And uh, it's it is inspiring to see inspired people. Yeah. Um, yeah, more, more people have any idea that they can just do stuff. They can just do stuff and just, like the skateboard thing. It's like, I was always fat, so I couldn't do anything physical. I couldn't wear whatever I wanted to. And now it's like, I'm looking back, and on the one hand, if I worried about what people thought of me, it's like, oh, well, he's, he's pushing 30 on a, on a skateboard. I mean, this kid's... I don't think anybody would judge you for being 30 on a skateboard. <laughs> but regardless, it's like, there's stuff like that shouldn't hold you back. If you got two legs, you got to use them. Mm. Uh, I guess we keep going back to that thing about... Um, the equalizer, maybe I, I can't make that, we'll cut that out, but, because um, I can't articulate it, but, yeah, there's just, there's not enough, what you're, the sacrifice is not that big of a deal for the amount of reward, you know, so flying down the street on a skateboard right. is something that I could possibly never experience if I don't try, and it's like, damn, you know, so seeing more people start companies and seeing more people uh, taking on you know, people in court when they know they're going to lose to Eric, Aaron Brockovich thing. Yeah. Uh, it, it would really be nice to be around a bunch of people like that. Uh, yeah, that's another thing I've been thinking about a lot lately. It's funny you bring it up. Just who you surround yourself with. Yeah, it's yeah. absolutely true. It absolutely. is. And, and, you know, you hear about it all the time. And, you know, I didn't run with a bad crowd or anything like that. <laughs> but, I, like, I, I had all the friends. Like, I was just friendly with everybody. So I would hang around some, like, shady-ass cats. And, um, and I... And I do notice a difference in, in myself as far as what I'm getting done when I'm surrounded by people with ambition, when I'm surrounded by people who are just kind of hanging out. If you don't mind, tell me about that because I'm highly interested in it. It's, I mean, it's just that. I mean, there's not really a story behind it. But like if I'm in a place where I'm like, shit, I just need to lay low for a while, <laughs> you know, and I go and hang out and lay low for a while, uh, there's nothing about being comfortable that's going to convince me to get better. You know what I mean? There's nothing about there's yeah. nothing about being relaxed all the time. It's okay to recharge your batteries, but when you get stuck in that slump of, no, the bills are paid, no, the you know the hours are okay, you know, uh, I have food. It's like if you're saying it in that tone, then something is wrong. You know what I mean? <laughs> like just because all the boxes are checked doesn't mean that you're fulfilled. So um, yeah, if I feel like if I'm hanging around people who are also unfulfilled, but they're making steps to get better as opposed to taking steps back to be like, what can I get rid of to be comfortable again? Uh, it is seeing that around you gives you gives you a little bit of a fire. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. 
Cool. <laughs> Do you have experience there at all as, as far as... Um, as uh, I know you said you're looking for the mentor, but is there somebody, not necessarily in your youth, is there somebody around you that, that gives you that urge, that spark to kind of chase something, not better, but new? No, um, no, I, I think it's primarily coming from these books that I'm reading, and, and I, I might be wrong, but I want to say that a lot of it stemmed from beginning to learn how to, uh, beginning to learn Spanish. Okay. And I think so many people in language learning have the story that they, they started learning in school, and it was boring, or they had a hard time with it, or whatever, yeah. and it just kind of turned them off. And when I began learning a language again, in a totally different way, it wasn't just, hey, you know, I can say some stuff in Spanish. And I was like, damn, I, I can now do something that was previously impossible. Um, so I, I took that and looked at other things. I said, well, if I'm, you know, if I want to learn how to do this thing on the computer, then all I have to do is just keep failing. And then eventually I'll get to success. Instead of thinking, well, if I fail, that means I don't have the talent and it's not for me. Right. Which I think is what a lot of people think. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm not physically... I have a really hard time catching a football from a lot of distances. So mm-hmm. being physically coordinated is not something... Uh, so going back to the skateboard thing, a lot of times I think people, they don't want to get into sports. They don't want to get on a skateboard or a bicycle or any of these things because they've already set themselves up with a pretty good excuse. I'm right. not physically coordinated. Well, that's because you're not doing it. <laughs> yes. Um, and it is a, it's a hard thing to get over um, because we are conditioned. And again, this is a, I really do feel strongly that this is a generational thing. And it will continue. I hope it doesn't continue. But I think it is because of um, the age of information where we have everything at our fingertips, that instant gratification. Uh, you grow up. Um, having everything at your fingertips now, any yeah. movie I want to watch, anything I want to buy, I'm just a click away. Yeah. If I want to see somebody, I can physically see them in front of me, I can Skype them. I can, I have, at seven digits, I have anybody's access right to me, you know what I mean? Like it's, Everything is instantaneous. Yeah. And there's something here, uh, skills that require effort. Uh, I think it was Malcolm Gladwell in his Outliers was talking about just repetition and muscle memory and how... Um, Every time you do a task, there's a stream in your brain um, that forms, like a, the line from one part of the brain to the other that shows what parts connect for you to do this activity. Wow. And the more you do it, the more the deeper that line gets, right? So it is very much just if I was to do this every day, in any task, you know, like when you do something every day, it becomes yeah. second nature. That's because there's now a, a rivet in your head. There's a rut that makes it easier for the neuro, uh, the neurons to go through that passageway because it's been done over and over and over again. Yeah. Um, guitar. <laughs> guitar, yeah. Which I've lost, by the way. God, I don't play very much anymore, so my breaths are all shitty and Gosh. it's like a dirt road. But yeah, it's just, it's just a matter of doing it every day again and getting back in the habit of it and pushing outliers. the boundaries. But Yeah, Outliers by Malcolm Gladwell. That's, he's the guy who came up with the theory of 10,000 hours makes you a master in it. Really? That's, that's the book where they talk about it. Um, Okay. It was a pretty good read. That was actually the first book I read when I moved to Vegas. Yeah. Yeah. Were you also a non-reader before? No, I've always been a reader, but I'm a very slow reader. So I kind of subscribe to your theory of always being in the middle of something. I don't always finish yeah. at a great rate, but I'll go through phases. Like this last couple of months, I've read quite a bit. Um, but you know, now that I'm on the road, probably less. And then when I get back home and I'm looking for work, probably less. But then I'll get a place and I'll get comfy and I'll start reading more. Yeah. But always have something. Yeah, there's always something in, in the book bag that, with a bookmark <laughs> in it. Solidarity. Yeah. 
I see you making notes. Yeah, what are you what are you writing on? What are you writing? Well, down? some of it, I I kind of I start thinking. Well, maybe I should make some notes down if I have something that it feels like really good. That we might want to come back to in a in a lull. But now I'm like making stuff. You know, my takeaways from this, like, damn, yeah, I'm gonna check out this book. I don't know if I'm gonna read it, but um, and I heard about the twenty hours thing. This that I don't was, know. What's the twenty hours thing? Uh, twenty hours makes you. I guess the ten thousand hours is the expert, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, the 20 hours, I think, is getting getting in. I, I wish I could remember exactly how it was worded, but it's you're out of the average. You're, you now have the skill. Like, you're in there. If you put in 20, if you know, cannot play a note on a guitar, you put 20 hours in. Now you can, other people who can't play the guitar, they say, well, he can play the guitar. <laughs> I don't know if I believe this. I feel like I put 20 hours into a lot of things that went nowhere. Well, if you put in one hour a year, it doesn't count. <laughs> <laughs> So let's get to that. I'm not sure if I like that logic, but <laughs> no, it, it, it's a good point. It makes sense. Like, uh, if you put 20 hours on Duolingo in a week, I mean, just imagine, just imagine what you can, you're, you're possible to do. Well, I just think I put an hour a day of Spanish for two years at school, and I didn't pick up Spanish. But that's, I guess, that concentrated hours. I think the 10,000 hours held the same rule, but it has to be focused. Practice hours, yeah, where you're really trying. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, I don't know that I gave any other language at the time of day, to be honest. Yeah. When I was younger, I spoke a little bit of Arabic, which was really cool. Uh, because, you know, when you're at that age, you're just kind of a sponge. You just kind of soak it up. So yeah. if you're around it, um, which I was when I was younger, it's easy to do. But then you get older and grandparents don't have to babysit anymore, and I lost it. And I really wish they were a bit more adamant about that. Because yeah. I would love to have it. But what are you going to do? You can be back into it. and You can be back into it. Elbow deep in five years. I, I want to uh, agree with you because it is a good sentiment. <laughs> but no, like in this very specific case, like my family doesn't even speak proper Arabic. It's so slang and broken and old school yeah. uh, that you couldn't learn it in class. If I went to class and learned Arabic and came home, they wouldn't know what the fuck I was saying. <laughs> and it's so funny. I was, I, was at, I was with my cousin yesterday. I met her in Henderson. And um, she was telling me that her mom and her went to Lebanon. And her mom was having a hard time getting around because slang has changed. You know what I mean? And, I, and it hit me, and I was like, well, it's the same as if like an old man went to a high school and tried to have a conversation with a kid. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's exactly the same, and it happens in every language. And I don't know why I didn't grasp that, yeah. but it makes total sense that she'd be struggling I to guess communicate. If, yeah, if the guy went into a high school and said, pull up your knickers, I mean, he'd, he'd probably be arrested. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> He's like, this perv is lit AF. Just trying to... <laughs> Like, you wouldn't know what you were saying. Oh, he better so just get Just pull your knickers up and stop <laughs> listing off the alphabet. <laughs> Would you say that was your, uh, who I'm just sorry? went to Lebanon, your sister? No, my, my uh, cousin and my aunt went, I think, last year or the year before. Um, and I think it was my aunt's first time in, in, since she was very young, uh, since she left, maybe. I could be wrong about that, but she was telling me that it had been enough time for the slang to catch her off guard. Wow. And I... Knowing nothing about it, I to me I think Arabic is kind of like saying Chinese. Like there are different kinds of Arabic that are unintelligible. Is that correct? Um, I don't think so. There are different kinds of Arabic for sure, but it's it's all going to be broken down in as far as my understanding because I don't speak the language. But the way it's described to me is it is broken down like uh, just the way people talk in different parts of this country. They all speak English, but they have an accent or they have okay. you know terms and stuff. It's not like a whole other, like. Mandarin and Cantonese, it's not that much of a separation. Okay. There is uh, a separation in, in um, culture and communication, but I don't think it's classified as a different language. 
Okay. Well, that's... <laughs> that's, uh... What's the word? I need to learn English. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. It's overwhelming. I don't think I can go to another one. I haven't got yeah. this one down. <laughs> okay. Well, anyway, the other stuff I have... Just good reads. Pandora... Oh, that was enough. Uh, I don't think... <laughs> you ever notice on an iPhone you send a message to someone you have that bar that like the share bar you can tap things uh, I think Pandora has a button on there oh yes I know yeah I know what you're talking about now. I don't even know I don't even understand what what are people doing if they have Pandora what are they are they actually telling here's my playlist I'll share everything yeah I share I it to people only indiv- I wouldn't like share it on like a feed but yeah if like there's something I'll send shit to individual people all the time I I don't know I kind of because I've never done it I bet but I look at that as like back in the day someone just here here's a mixtape exactly I mean what was that I thought that that's only something you did to someone you were courting no I just give shit away okay. I just I love it I really do I I um I use it all the time maybe it's odd but I do I'll send um, a lot of times I'll send podcasts I listen to if there's an episode that I really liked I'll just send the whole episode I'll text it to somebody with a link you know right from there yeah I haven't done the Pandora thing but. I have sent songs, you know, and, and not playlists. Albums. I've sent albums to people digitally. Okay. And I love it. I feel like it's, I feel like it's, um, again, within my circle, on a grand scale, it means nothing to me. But to be able to just be like, oh, I found this thing in my rectangle and I can just send it to his <laughs> rectangle, you know, and it's right there. We can. No kidding. It, it, I think I appreciate it more not being in my hometown so much, you know what I mean? Like with people that I would talk to regularly, like I'm out and about and I see okay. something neat and. Um, or I'll hear about. There was a phase I went through. Where I was listening to a lot of independent radio stations, and I went. Are like, you suggesting Bandcamp? Yeah, yeah, Bandcamp is cool. Um, there's another one I forget. I think it's called TuneIn. It's an app that like special. It's like an internet broadcast of local radio stations, like local college stations and weird towns. So huh. whenever I drive through a city, um, I would go through that app and be like, "What stations are here?" And I'd try to find a local college station or whatever, and you hear interesting music that isn't top forty. Is, really? is the real, it's the drive, really. It's just to hear something new. Because I love hearing new music, but I hate the radio. And so that was a cool thing to do, especially when I was running around. Um, guy, I lost my train of thought. I don't know where I was going with You're this. You're welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> We're talking about Pandora sharing and rectangles. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it was, it was just a cool thing to be able to find something that was unique to a city and share it with somebody. Like, if I find a cool rockabilly band that was local in this town that I passed through I yeah. could send it to one of my buddies and be like dude check these guys out nobody else would give a shit but if I could send it to him individually it might mean something to him yeah, and it was a cool thing as opposed to like hey do a google search for this band I think this is how you spell it yes, I can directly just give it to you yeah. yeah yeah okay well wow I had a totally different perspective on that before what was yours? I just I was a hater <laughs> just outraged yeah like this is how like dare you, you share <laughs> <laughs> what is this vestigial feature that you wasted so much time this on? This Pandora playlist is for you alone. <laughs> <laughs> Until you pay your dollar a month, <laughs> this, this belongs to us. <laughs> These narcissistic neophytes just decided. <laughs> you think anybody gives a shit about what you're listening to? <laughs> you think we care how many thumbs up you gave the cranberries? <laughs> exactly. Wow. Boy, what a nice turn on its head. Man. It's, uh, I, I don't want to, I don't even like to get philosophical, philosophical with myself, but, uh, yeah, I was just thinking about, earlier you said, like, this, talking about the struggle, and I'm thinking, we heard, we heard so many times, after we hear two different opposite things, we'll hear about something tragic, and then we'll hear someone talking about something mundane, and some of us will think, 
wow, you know, you should never be talking and complaining about that out loud after this woman just got shot in the face or, or whatever thing. Right. But, um, you know, it's a, it's a slippery slope, but it's a fine line. Uh, I'm still trying to figure out whether... Well, anyway, I, I do think it has its value. I think just something simple like this. We have humanity. We need to be going forward. Um, we can't be fixating on, on tragedy all the time. Uh, I just read a statistic, and who believes statistics? But it could be true that like 70% of American men um, could be considered alcoholic, uh, 30 or greater uh, women, and like the suicide rates have gone up and all these things, so depression and, and mental illness is such a thing. But uh, I think if everyone took a step back and, and stopped thinking the way I get caught in sometimes, that, that the, you know, someone has it harder than you. <laughs> yeah. Someone has it harder than you. Shut up. <laughs> um, just recognize both sides. I think it's probably the thing. I agree. And that's a hard line to walk, yeah. as you say, because it is, they're both equally valid. Like, someone does have it harder than you. It's that does that, not mean that I'm not having a hard time. Like, why is it my responsibility? By me, I mean I, the royal we. Uh, <laughs> why is it our responsibility to uh, bog down and sterilize how we feel simply because something else, somebody else is feeling something, too? Yeah. I, I think that the rise in the depression specifically probably has a lot to do with the world connecting more, I think, in the sense that we are reaching um, a place where nothing is hidden. All information is open. I mean, there are secrets, but like, flash backwards a few hundred years and you had your, what was in front of you was all that concerned yeah. you. Um, and then you worried about yourself and those around you. And so long as that was taken care of, you were content. And now that's not enough. You know what I mean? No, that's it. You're yeah, right. Yeah, now you have to worry about everything. And I have to worry about... World news. Never cared. World news. I have to worry about... I mean, and I don't have to. I should. As a human being, I should care. And, uh, and I do. But that being said, it is far more important to me to keep my house in order than to pull my hair out over shit that I cannot control. Yeah. Um... And I think a lot of people do, though. I think a lot of people are losing their minds over things that they can't control. And how do you not? Because it is our world. Absolutely. But an entire world is, is too much for one person to really take the weight of. Yeah. And in the age where we are communicating constantly in the 24-hour news cycle, <laughs> and, you know, puppies don't sell and balloons don't sell, so you are only going to get hit over the head with the atrocious. Absolutely. Um, and from a business standpoint, I get it. That's going to get more clicks. Like, I understand. But it does have an effect on the human mind, I think. Um, <laughs> you understand, but how can we condone? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I get it. Well, I mean, I get it. Because we, we, we've uh, put so much weight into the American dream, the uglier side of it, where yeah. you need to be the best and you need to get on top and more and more and more in excess. It's yeah. very American. So why wouldn't you do everything you can to make every dollar? Uh, I don't think it's the right move, but I 100% understand that position if I was in charge of a company that was doing well and I knew a way to make it better at the cost of cutting out some, some touchy-feely crap about how things are going great, Absolutely. you're goddamn right I'm going to put something <laughs> ugly on the screen. But I'm not that guy, so I'm a, I can afford to be judgmental. <laughs> yeah. Gosh. Yeah, I, I don't want to... I'm trying not to side-check this into something that... <laughs> no, it could be whatever we want it to be. There's no format, you know? Yeah. No, yeah, anyway... Um, being relaxed, bad. Okay, cool. Being what? Being relaxed is a note that I made. Uh, 
being relaxed arrow bad. So it's like complacency. Mm-hmm. Complacency is bad. But hanging off the coattails of what you were just saying and a subject that we're, we're swimming in right now, um, at this point in time, I really believe that the uh, kind of Steve McQueen attitude, like a Humphrey Bogart kind of attitude that, um, yeah, everything everything sucks and it's uh, it's pretty bad. It's a city world, but uh, I got work to do and uh, it's all good. Yeah. <laughs> you know? I mean, I get it, man. It's hard, especially in these times like this. It's hard not to be cynical, but... Um... You know, I mean, that's one of the things that we're all tackling how to deal with. But I do believe, I, I, as of today, tomorrow could be totally different. But today, if I had to solve the world's problems, <laughs> I would say just take care of yourself, take care of those around you, and just generally try to be a good person. Don't worry too much about, I mean, things that are very important, but again, things you cannot control. Yeah, absolutely. And it is not worth, like, it's not worth the stress of wondering if you're doing enough for everybody else, if you're neglecting yourself. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and I don't mean that to be selfish, but I do think that self-care is really important and often overlooked. And I think that people are going to... Um, a lot of people tend to put the weight of others on the, uh, before themselves or absolutely. themselves before anyone else. And there is a middle ground that you got to yeah. find. Um, yeah, uh, relationships. I mean, how, how much of our consumer culture is focused at uh, relationships oh, because yeah. they're so important to us. But I think that's... If you have a person who has a very low self-esteem or has any kind of self-hate or any of those kind of issues, how hard is it going to be for them to find a lasting relationship? If they don't become, and I'll use air quotes here, selfish and practice some self-care, they're never going to be able to take care of anyone else, I I think is what I'm pulling out of what you just said. Yeah, I don't think there's any truer statement that's been said today. I mean, that's that's the thing, man. I thought about that. I was like... Uh, I went through a breakup, and it was pretty brutal, and I was pretty upset. Um, and then at some point, a thought hit me that I thought, you know, I would have done anything, I would have done this or that, and I, you know, as much as I could. And I thought to myself, why don't you give yourself that attention in the best way possible? Like, uh, like I would, I would, you know, there's not a single thing. If I was in love with a person, there's not a single thing they could ask I wouldn't do. Um, even if I hated it. Even if they asked me to do some shit I hated, but I love yeah. them. I'll take care of them. Devotion. Exactly. Why can't I have that for myself? Why can't I do things I hate that are good for me? <laughs> Why can't I exercise? Wow. Why can't I eat better? Why can't you I meditate? But yeah, exactly. It's just like, this is bullshit, and I hate every moment of it, but it is good for me, and it yeah. is going to make me feel better, and self-care is important. And sometimes it's just, you know, it's just work. Yeah. It's just another job, and it's not always going to be a parade, and it's not always going to feel amazing, but, you know, you deserve that. I deserve Absolutely. that. We all deserve that from ourselves, if, and I shouldn't expect it from anybody else. I shouldn't get in a relationship and be like, take care of me. <laughs> you know, I shouldn't have that. I should be fulfilled enough to be like, I can now take care of you if you need it. Yeah, you know? it's, it's such a wild thought to, to think that you need to become independent from a person to be together with them. Yeah. Uh, it, it seems really counterintuitive, but it's the only truth that I found in, in human relationships. Uh, to double down and to take a bit of your wisdom, uh, you gotta fail and fail and fail <laughs> until you get it. I don't, maybe that's not the case. There's plenty of people who got married with their high school sweethearts and like they got it right the first time. Well, but but uh, you know, fuck them. Nice. <laughs> yeah, that's funny as hell. Um, yeah. Okay. 
All right, so uh, when, when you started doing this podcast thing, did you have a format in mind, or did you really just say, all right, well, let's drive this direction? Like, is it, we're just going to drive towards the person uh, and then see where, see where the steering wheel goes? It was important to me to keep it kind of loosey-goosey, and this is still very early on. I think this is only my third or fourth, like, f- full recording. I've done several small ones that didn't fit, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, when I had something of a format. Like, I try to keep this an hour long, and I try to um, ask where somebody's been, uh, where they're from and then I'll soon ask you where you'd like to go so okay. think of a couple places but yeah and I thought like uh, it is a travel pod and it is people I've met while traveling and I hope to meet new people and just sit down with them and, and get to yeah. know somebody that sounds exciting yeah. yeah but it is important not to be too structured because everybody is different and we might want to talk about different things and like I did one with Jackie and she didn't want to she didn't want to do a recording you know so we just talked about whatever she was comfortable talking about. And then I didn't have to keep her on the rails. We can just have a conversation. Yeah. So, yeah, there's not a lot of structure in mind. There's a couple things I like to hit. And in the editing process, there's a bit of a format. But as far as the okay. conversation, I just kind of like to go wherever, wherever is most comfortable for them. Because it's not a... You mentioned it. Being on the spotlight is not a normal feeling for no. people. Like, so that's... <laughs> I have to get used to that because I'm such an attention whore. I've been, <laughs> I've been looking for a stage since I was a child, like so I seek that out. And, and now a lot of people don't. And so I try to be as welcoming and comfortable as possible because I do think everybody has something cool to say. Right on. Yeah. I wish more people felt that way. I read uh, in a book that I'd like to read soon. I started reading it, but I never finished it. And I believe it was called Leadership and Training for the Fight. It was a, a book by a military fellow. But one of the quotes in there was something to the tune of, those who want leadership are seldom suited for it. And like the opposite, you know how they take the quotes and they flip to the people who they're not really interested in are the ones that usually um, end up in those roles and end up being very successful. And uh, I think a lot of people want the attention, they want a stage, but <laughs> once they're in that position, they just kind of, well, maybe not right now. It's I don't natu- have to do with it. It's a natural thing to go through. It is a weird all eyes on me is a weird thing to want, which is why people who do it for a living are usually pretty broken. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, huge bummer. Well, we won't get into that about Hollywood. <laughs> Poor people. Right. Jim Carrey. Anyway, we'll cut his I, name out. I was worried about him, but I think he's doing all right. Yeah, were you the one who said that, uh, that he was a, a big guy in your life? or am I Yeah, no, he's huge. He's the reason I got into stand-up. He was my book before I had books. He was my no escape. As, yeah, as a little kid, yeah, to see somebody who was uh, being a cartoon, you know what I mean? Oh, Surrounded by physical, I mean, everything. Impressions, really amazing. I was big on cartoons. I love cartoons. I still do. Um, I'm a big fan of animation in general. But, you know, as a kid... Like most kids, I love cartoons. But then here was this guy who came and he was a cartoon. You no, know? kidding. And he I was mean, surrounded really by real people. There was, you know, the mask is a good pull, but like it's not that. It's everything. Like it's he is two dimensional in a three D body, and yeah. it's um, he's not constrained by that. And that was really exciting to a little kid to see. Like wow, this is this grown ass man being goofy and silly. <laughs> Um, and uh, I probably suffered a lot of my early years trying to be Jim Carrey and being pointed out and mocked. But uh, that's you know, fabulous. It did it did pull me out of some places, and it did uh, it did give me a lot of uh, confidence um, in the sense that like this guy can can just be a goofball and people love him for it. Yeah, talk about inspiration. Very much so. Very yeah. much so. I I think at least at least for me, and it sounds like for you a little bit too. It, uh, the people who were drawn to when we were younger were the people who seemed to have the most freedom. And yeah. not necessarily of just, you know, 
like being an American and being able to like uh, say what you want on a soapbox, but having freedom to have an idea and and go forward with it and not have too many people crap on you on the way. Um, it's just really empowering. And to have some people celebrate that. Yeah. Uh, That's the thing, too, is the overwhelming acceptance. Yeah. The other half of that, for me, at least, was Robin Williams, uh, another dude who was just kind of over the top at all times. I mean, he could totally pull it back, but I discovered that as I was older. As a young man, you know, it's... It's Doubtfire and Hook yeah. and, you know, all the goofy stuff, which I still love to death. But, um, yeah, I would agree with you. The f- sense of freedom, the lack of constraint to personality. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I think I'd like to really hear from or speak to someone who doesn't feel this way to see what their perspective is. But in in my few years that I've been on this planet, the thing, one of the things that, has, um, that I've resisted that I've actively resisted against the most is that restriction of, of personality. And I don't, I don't mean, you know, everyone should be able to, there are certain things that we shouldn't, you know, pedophilia is not a sexual orientation that we should find ex- acceptable. Let's not include that, but absolutely being, being as expressive and creating, creating meaningful content. That I, I hate to use all those buzzword, buzzwords, but, no, no, no. um, yeah, just being able to create and, uh, and it, yeah, put in hard work and have something that, that can be enjoyed after. I think there's a better definition. Yeah, creation is, of any kind, is probably the most healing and fulfilling thing anybody can do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anybody can destroy something and it feels really good. It's like the, the difference between, I think George Lucas said this in like an interview or a speech using, but the difference between pleasure and joy. And pleasure is fleeting and pleasure is immediate. And uh, joy is lasting, and it's not quite... You don't get that burst, you don't get that high, you don't get the serotonin, but it is lasting, and it does take work, but it's more fulfilling. You know, it's like... Um, it makes sense, the way he put it. Probably more eloquent. <laughs> Maybe yeah. I'll put a link or something. <laughs> <laughs> That's one of the wonderful things about quotes, is that they just they take so much, and they just size it down. And uh, Talking about support groups earlier, yeah. having that shared experience... Um, yeah, that's something that I've just never, I've never spent the time to articulate, and it's kind of, it seems really simple, but yeah, that's that's some good good S word right there. Which one? Which S word? The George Lucas quote about. Oh, oh yeah, the yeah. yeah. Joy, yeah. Sorry, I thought you meant I said an S word. I didn't. I <laughs> Kevin doesn't curse if anybody <laughs> if anybody missed to. it. He's pretty good about it. I think I've heard an F bomb once. It was a big day. <laughs> I'll flick back see if I can find it in my diary. I might have it dated and timed. That's fine. You know, there's there's so many uh, parts of me, in my per- perception, so many parts of me that um, I think I was able, not only that I got from, but I think I was able to grow mm-hmm. because of my woman, Kelly Lee Donovan, uh, light of my life that um, I think some people, a lot of people maybe, would think that I, I it's just a temporary thing. Like it's just... You know, it's like part of the rules. Like, what I get a lot is, oh, well, I bet if, you know, you guys ever split up, or they wouldn't use those words, but I bet if you were ever on your own, you would stop being vegan. It's like, no, it's, <laughs> that's something that just kind of uh, grew. And not cussing, it was really interesting cussing around her so much, because I had a roommate, and we were just very offensive, like the 4chan mind- mindset. And, uh, and she wasn't a big cusser, so it kind of was off-putting to her. And with anyone else, I would think, well, that's just them, you know, I'll, I'll hold it, and then when they're away, I'll get back to enjoying myself. Those poor people, they can't enjoy cuss words. Right. But now it's like, to kill a mockingbird, I see it as like, 
well, Scout, don't say nigger because it's common. Right. You know, it, it really, to me, like, certain individuals, you know, cussing is for them and cussing is for other people is just kind of common. And I think that saving them for the right moment allows them to have the impact that they're supposed to have. I come from a different perspective on this. I don't think you're wrong. I think you're right. However, uh, for me, and for a lot of people, I think, especially the cats that I grew up with, you know, it's how we talk. Yeah. It's not, I'm not saying this word for emphasis. You know what I mean? This word has a place here. Like, like it's... She got, she's got the... Fuck out of here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's not really a cuss word. It's a, it's a word. It's a yeah. whole phrase. It's just it's, a word. <laughs> yeah, it's, in, it's, it's hers. You know what I mean? And it's yeah. where she's from. That would be as welcome as a hello or goodbye or aloha. <laughs> you know, it's just how it is. Absolutely. Um, I agree with you that if you save them for when they're meaningful, the emphasis is stronger. You know? yeah. It's the same as anything. If you withhold anything and then you use it, it's going to be stronger. But I, will, I don't use curse words for emphasis. I use it as it's just part of my lexicon. Yeah. Yeah, I, I never felt like you were saturated with it. Um, well, you see me at work a lot. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't I wouldn't fun. say that I'm saturated, no. But I definitely... Um, I curse a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I curse a lot. I, 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 my venues, you have a fine amount. Um, I found it interesting, talking about that too, is when I was having my season in comedy... Um, yes, I would love to talk to you about that more, by the way. But, but go ahead. Well, all right. <laughs> Um, one of the things that stuck out to me was reading about, and just in this town they have, they have at Grouchy John's, the place where we just got coffee, yeah. they had clean open mics. Really? Yeah. How cool. Yeah. Uh, Sam, Sam Lundstead was a, I would say kind of a mentor for the short time that I knew him. When I was hanging out in the open mic scene, he was at a lot of those places. He told me about this other guy who I thought, no offense to the guy if he ever hears this, I thought he was Danny DeVito. We, we were at the Goat on Sahara. How's Danny DeVito supposed to feel about that? Though? No offense to the guy. I thought he was Danny. Danny's going to listen to this pod and he's going to be so hurt. Well, you know, I, I think it's going to be the first time somebody's ever made a comment about his appearance, I'm sure. <laughs> he's in his 60s. This is, you're gonna, this is the pod that's going to throw him over the edge. Well, we're going we're gonna to divert it here again, too. But. <laughs> Maybe we should bleep out Dane DeVito's name. We don't want him to be personally offended. Uh, no, but, you know, I think Danny DeVito's a funny guy, but... It's hilarious. He might not agree. But, yeah, um, yeah, I, he had done, had crazy hair. Just a guy who just had his own rules, yeah. you know, had his own freedom. And he had done uh, a Grouchy John's all-clean comedy. And I had a certain moniker of respect for that because... To, to acknowledge that that is something that some people see as a crutch in comedy, it certainly does give that effect. It certainly does create a laugh sometimes when there might not be. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but to see someone restricting. I, I recently heard that perfection is not what you add, but when there's nothing left to take away. And wow, you know, to, to how do I put it? To, to express yourself with, with a limitation like that, that's not really the way I want to put it, but I think that'll suffice for now. No, I know what you mean. Uh, what's his name? There's a... Brian something? Brian, he's a very well-known, very Regan? famous... Is it Brian Regan? Yeah, clean comic. Yeah. Uh, I watched an interview with him once. He was talking about how he got into clean comedy specifically because of the challenge. He wanted to see if he could do wow, it. He wanted to see if he could great. still be funny. Yeah, yeah. The way I look at it, any open mic, by the way, uh, clean or not, 
is exercise. You know what I mean? You're, you're, you're working on, you're doing reps on the set and you're getting yeah. it perfected and you're not going to get better if you don't add more weights. Yeah. Do it without cursing. Absolutely. Leave out your closer. You know what I mean? Leave out the joke that you know works well. Yeah. Do all the jokes that aren't very good and then figure out how they work. Like, that's the only way you figure it out. Make a, talking about music again, make a cover song of a song that you have been hate. That you hate, yeah. <laughs> I've been wanting to do that so badly. But really? I, yeah. You should. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't feel like, uh, well, anyway, I'm not going to go off on that, but we're all learning. <laughs> do you still do, uh, we actually probably, this is probably getting to the end, this is one of the longer ones I've done. I'm enjoying it so much. But no. do, are you still doing comedy? No, no, I, I had a hard stop on that. Okay, Why? Just wasn't feeling it, or, or? Um, I did it a couple times, and I just half of it was half of it was I didn't feel like it was. I knew at that point that I, if I wanted to be good, if I wanted to have fun, mm-hmm. I had to put a lot of effort and time into it, and I just didn't feel like that was a priority at the time. That's fair. Um, but you know, it's also it's kind of crushing to for anyone. I think that's a big reason why a lot of comics don't continue. Is you go up there and you have that silence. And, yeah, it makes you think about it. Uh, I won't go off too much about it, because I've already talked about it on an episode, but uh, comedy, specifically stand-up, is a drug. It's a very potent drug, yeah. uh, because the feeling of a high that you get when things go well are unparalleled. Uh, it's unparalleled. Yeah. Uh, that being said, the opposite end of that is the the crushing defeat that you described is worse than any come down on any drug I've ever tried. It's, you know what I mean? It's like, it's the worst experience. It's worse than oh, any yeah. bad trip. It's, uh, you just want to die. <laughs> uh, in fact, you don't even get to the want because you did. You died right there. Yeah, yeah, you had yeah. to experience death. Every accomplishment you made as a human being means up to nothing. <laughs> means nothing. If you're oh. not flawless, I mean, that's the one you'll remember too. You'll walk yeah. off the stage and I won't tell you how great you did. And you're like, oh, thanks. <laughs> just like, <laughs> I had it done that too. Like we're all driving away. He's like, "Oh, you're great, man." I was like, "No, yeah, I wasn't. go fuck yourself." Just fucking, just driving home, just angry. I would sit at home. I would sit at home after a great set, dude. After even the good ones, because yeah. once the high is gone, you still have that come down. Absolutely, it's not a crushing come down. It's not a come down of defeat, but it is just like panic and anxiety. It's like, what do, I do? what do I do? Yeah, Can I get that again. I might not never. Oof. Yeah, uh, even the ones that go, you'll ne- some of the best advice I got performing. Uh, was from a local comic back home and he said you'll never do because I was complaining about a set that did well <laughs> and he said listen you're never going to do as good or as bad as you think you did it's always going to be blown out of proportion you are not the judge of your set you know what I mean and that's why people tape themselves or record themselves to go over it because yeah. you can't in the moment know absolutely it's too it's a totally different you got that light in your face and you're trying to judge and you're trying to remember and you're trying to keep time it's just like yeah. it's like driving on the freeway for the first time and you know trying to make sure that you said the right things to the lady in the car next to you yeah <laughs> and it's like it's uh do you talk to a lot of ladies at the traffic lights <laughs> I, just, I just imagine guys are, they're trolling that's what people street. do right <laughs> Hey, random stranger. How are you? <laughs> yeah, I'm great. Oh, it's green. Gotta go. See you. <laughs> good God. Uh, are you content here? You're good here? Or do you think that you'll move again? I haven't really thought about it. The main reason is that um, I've got my second family here. Yeah. Um, you know, my sweetheart, Kelly, she's... Uh, I never really was a family person, but I, I do feel... Uh, an urge to stay where 
or they're around, you know, or they're close by. Even if, if we don't visit every day, that kind of thing. There's that sense of a, of a tribe. Yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah. Of course, I got my, my tribe back home that I, I'm trying to, trying to put, lay down bridges again. Oh, are you really? Yeah. Good for you, man. That's awesome. <laughs> no, really. It's like I'm, you know, I a lot of family all over the world. And, like, if somebody doesn't make the first effort, it's going to be gone yeah. forever. So it's good for you for making the first step, man. Yeah. Yeah, I guess. It just feels like the... I don't know. It just sounds like the thing to do. Yeah. <laughs> well, so I, I tell you, I, I enjoy our conversations and they... You know, we it's a travel pod, but we don't really talk too much about travel. However, I do have to end it up the way it begin. I have to ask if there's anywhere you'd like to go that you haven't been before. Uh, gosh. I know you earlier you said to start thinking about it and I got distracted. That's okay. It's a big question. It is. It is. Well, if I was just kind of try to dip into it, do the Johnny Carson thing. Um, yeah, I, my first thought are places that are just radically different. Um, places like Japan. Okay. Uh, you know, maybe even China. I mean, maybe Hong Kong. <laughs> maybe not mainland right now. Is but, the interest more in a cultural or a geological change? Geographical. What the fuck is wrong with me? <laughs> I need different rocks. I like, <laughs> I like the smell of different rocks. <laughs> Look at different now. Um, I, I traveled a few times for work, and I never really was interested. I mean, it, it just never really had an effect on That's me. That's right. You went to Pennsylvania a couple of times, yeah? Went to Pennsylvania. I went to Washington State. Went to Texas. Oh, um, see, you've been some places. You should have told me this earlier. That's all right. Yeah, I totally forgot it. Because <laughs> it's work, you know, I compartmentalize. That's fair, man. But, yeah, uh, delete that. A little bit different. I'm, I'm a little bit able to recognize the differences now because when I'm when you're younger, it is you got different priorities. One different has different priorities, but um, I don't know. I don't even know what I would what I'm looking for in a place to go. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess I guess if I could just just wave a wand and get something out of a place that I'm going, it would be. It would be perspective. I just I just recently heard. I, I don't remember if it was like. Um, ooh, I don't remember if it was like the Beatles or it was some musician, some famous musician, and they went to like India, and it came back. Oh, it was. I want to say Miles Davis. Okay. So he did like like so what, and uh, music around that time, according to some video I watched on YouTube, and and using different time signatures and using different kinds of, like, mixing the modes, like the Dorian and the Mixolydian and all that stuff that I'm not familiar with yet. But but they, they were really able to go a place and come back, and everything was, like, they had all these new tools in their box before they just had, like, the one or the, the two, and now it's, like, wow, a whole new world. So I don't even... It, without being able to say actually answer your question, right. I would like the place to be. Um, I don't want to use a, a queer word like transformative, but I would like to to go to a place where I would come back with something lasting. So maybe a place like Japan where things are so different, um, and maybe even a place that that is somewhat developed that that I can say, what do you think of America? What do you think of Americans? Have you ever heard of a hillbilly before? And, and get things that I know about from their perspective. You gotta start a pod yourself, man. <laughs> gotta get over there and ask what people think of America. Yeah, shoot. That'd be a trip. Both ways. No, I think that's a good place to be. Uh, sounds like 
you have a goal in mind, not so much a place, which is great because that's where your development is going to get. Too many people have places they want to go, I think, and check them off and don't get anything out of it besides I went there. Yeah. You know, you go to Europe for a weekend. You get these people that fly over there for three days and the whole three days are running around. And I'm yeah. like, I really enjoy it. If I only had a couple of days, I'd probably just sit somewhere. I'd probably just find yeah. a place and stay there and just Absolutely. drink that in. Um, so I, I think it's a good place to be. You go going into it saying, like, I want to go somewhere, X, whatever it may be, yeah. and I want to get this out of it. <laughs> so it's, well, no, it's, a, it's a way better place than running around lost and looking for something. Yeah. Yeah, I don't even know. It's like someone who's never had cereal before. It's like, well, which, which cereal would you like to eat today? <laughs> oh, gosh, that's what? true. I know. Yeah. I know. You start with Reese's Puffs. <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly what you start. Actually. What the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks, man. Thanks for sitting down with me and talking. I really oh. appreciate it. All pleasure is all mine. That is just a taste of who Kevin is. That guy is the real deal. And not just one of the nicest guys I've ever met, but also probably one of the most supportive as well. Uh, real grateful that he was here to do this with me. And uh, thank you guys for listening. Uh, the next episode is actually going to drop in two weeks, not in one week. And I'm, they're probably going to be from here on out, probably about two weeks apart. Uh, but the next episode will be Jackie from Queens, one of the funniest people I know and uh, one of my closest friends as well. I'm really excited to share that talk with you. But here's a couple of clips from that. Again, thanks for coming in this week, and we'll uh, we'll see you soon. What's sex about? Well, there's gunshots like every fucking day. So you go to a barber shop that gets shot up every other day. You didn't care. I was like, yo, I didn't get shot in New York. I'm gonna go get shot in Houston. I was like, what the fuck? So at this point, you're paying attention to the percentages of survival. Yes. You're like, I'm not invincible. Mm-hmm. I need to not go someplace that gets shot up every day. Yeah. The kind of thinking your mother would have appreciated when you were living there. Perhaps. Right. Okay. <laughs> And people are riding horses with guns on their ways. It was just really nerve-wracking. That's common? That's like happens a lot? You see that a lot? You see that shit in New York. But I mean, in Houston you did? You saw a lot of mm-hmm. people riding It's just around. something about... It's different, a drive-by with a car, but it was just someone on a horse just all the way up there. Something undignified about being shot by a man shooting on a horse. down at me. It's just... <laughs> get kicked by the horse and fucking shot in the head. Like, I don't know. I'm not exaggerating. <laughs> I really do... A- admire that your logic is if you're going to shoot me, shoot me at eye level. Yes. <laughs> Don't humiliate me. Don't look down on me like I'm a peasant. <laughs> shoot me like a man. Shoot me right in my face. <laughs> Alright. I love that. The grandson of these people starts spreading a rumor and telling everybody like, oh, you guys know Anna? Yeah. Oh, we... we um, I ate her rabbit. Ask her if she had a rabbit because my grandparents had a rabbit that was hers and we stuffed them. We ate them. And they come and they tell me, like, yo, you had a rabbit? And they're laughing at me, like, oh, you had a rabbit? Because <laughs> that was cool, you know? I'm like, yeah, I had a fucking rabbit. <laughs> Who cares? And they was like, nah, did you give him away to some Mexicans or some shit? Because you know that little fat fuck over there? He's saying that they ate your rabbit. I'm like, what? No way. So I go and I ask him, and uh, he was like, yeah, we ate your fucking rabbit. <laughs> So I was like, mad eye contact, too. I'm gonna see like... you at three o'clock. <laughs> so I gave him another chance. I was like, yo, stop playing. Like, did you dead ass? He's like, yo, we ate your fucking rabbit, man. And I was like, okay. Boop. I just start fucking him up and I'm crying yes. and my fingers are going in his mouth. <laughs> oh, no. And he's on the floor and I was just like, oh, my oh no. And in his eyes and his mouth. And um, <laughs> he never took it back, though. He was like really adamant about it. eating my fucking rabbit.